Well, I'm going to have my friend Austin Mathis join me up here as he's making his way up. Thanks for coming to the Big Give service. Uh, this is one of my favorite things that we do as a church every year. Well, we just get to highlight God's activity through Living Hope Columbus and things that he's doing. And I was reading this morning in my, my devotions a verse that we've said many times around this church. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask and think according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ to all generations. Friends, you've heard me say a million times here, we are living in the middle of a miracle. And although we are a small dot on the map, you know, if you look at the grand scheme of how large churches, small churches, medium churches around the nation, we're just a dot on the map. But Jesus is doing a lot with a dot. And today is going to showcase that God's activity. And so we're going to introduce you to new friends, some folks that you've met before, interview them, some videos from some friends around the nation. And I hope this encourages you and really just motivates you to give sacrificially over the next few weeks to see God's mission continue to move forward through our church. So this is my friend Austin. Go ahead and grab a seat, man. And you can use that mic right there. And so Austin has been one of my best friends for a really, really long time. We started working out together about eight years ago when I lived down in Cincinnati. He served as my intern for a short season. Uh, then he took uh, a role at a church down there in Cincinnati, and then he's kind of been a couple other places since then. But two months ago, they just ventured out to plant a brand new church in Harrison, Ohio. And so why don't you just share with us real quick? We've got four minutes, and so talk fast. <laughs> I've got my timer going. So just share with us, what does church planting look like for you guys right now? What's going on? And just give a snapshot. So we moved back to Cincinnati. We're originally from Cincinnati. We didn't think we were going back to Cincinnati to plant a church. We thought we were going to Pittsburgh. And we moved back two, three months ago from South Carolina. We spent the past two years in South Carolina as church planting residents. Then we were sent from that church to plant a new church in Cincinnati. Uh, we originally planned on not meeting or doing anything together with our group until around the first of the year, but God just started bringing people into our lives and intertwining our lives in different spots between meeting people at the gym, at my son's football team, uh, parents there, and just different things to people when they'd ask why we were here, and we'd tell them and kind of pique their interest. And so they'd ask, well, when are you going to start meeting? And we were like, well, we're not going to start meeting again until the first of the year, until we start gathering people around. And I kind of feel like we just had this moment where God was like, I'm sending you people, dummy. Like, why do you keep pushing them off until the first of the year? Yeah. And so we were like, you know what, let's just start. And so we got there in August and we had our first. Well, there we go. Well, there it is. We had our first meeting together in the first Sunday of October. Cool. And so we were there for two months before it was just two months. And that first Sunday, when we were like, we're going to start the first Sunday night in October at 5 o'clock, and we're going to meet in our house. And we didn't know who was going to show up. That week before, my wife was like, this is premature. Nobody's going to, like, we don't know what's going to happen. And we were like, if nobody shows up, that'll be discouraging. But if one person shows up, that'll be the worst. That'll be awkward, because then it's just one person in my family. And we're like, well, hi, like, we're, all, we're the Mathis family, and we're, not, Bible and we're not a cult, so thank you for coming. Uh, so we started, and that first night, 18 people showed up, and we've been meeting for six weeks now. We're up to about 25 when everybody shows up, and we're in that transitional stage right now to where we're outgrowing our house, but we're not ready to launch a Sunday morning service yet. We haven't really developed that core DNA of who our church is right now. We still kind of a lot of people just checking it out, but we're running out of room, so we need to go somewhere else and um, that transitional stage in between where we are right now while also running into the holidays. So over the next week or two, we've got a lot of decisions to make and praying through what's the next step for us. Cool. 
Hey, this is an important question that everybody wants to know the answer to. How much do you bench press? Right now? Yeah. Oof. 275. Rookie. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> How much do you squat? More than you. No. No. Hey, last question real yeah. quick. Give us your elevator pitch. You got 30 seconds. Why does Harrison need a church, and why should Living Hope support a church in Harrison? Over the past three years, Harrison has grown in population by 7% every year. Uh, just a few years ago, there were 12,000 people there. Now we're up close to 19,000. Um, within the past 10 years, it's grown dramatically. Uh, three years ago, they issued 130 permits for building new houses. Two years ago was 150. Last year was 160. Next year is on pace for over 200 new houses. So people are moving into Harrison at a dramatic rate. And these people who are moving in, they're not from Harrison. They're from all over Cincinnati, moving out to this community that's kind of like on its own little island because you take the 275 loop around Cincinnati, hit nine o'clock, and then drive out seven miles, and you're out there in Harrison by yourself. That's where we are. So we're not surrounded by a lot of communities, but we have people moving out there that aren't connected to community at all. So we're coming in as a church that's gonna grow with the community and provide that community for the people that don't have it right now. Awesome, so Living Hope this year, we're gonna take on Grace Church. We're a church plant, we're turning four in January. We're gonna start sponsoring a church plant. It's time and we need to do that. And so we're gonna sponsor this specific church, Grace Church, Harrison, Ohio. We're gonna provide opportunities for us to go down there and serve alongside them as they're reaching their community um, because we want church planting to be part of our DNA. It's not just about us anymore. We need to multiply ourselves into other church plants. And so I'm looking forward to doing that with you guys. Let me pray for you before we have our next video. Father, thank you so much for the Mathis family taking a step of faith, Lord, to start a brand new church for people that don't know Jesus yet. And God, we pray that over these next several years that you would multiply their influence, that you'd multiply their reach. Father, that they would see many souls enter into the kingdom because of their faithfulness to the gospel. God, I pray in those difficult days, Lord, we, we know from experience that church planting has high highs and low lows. That, Lord, during those low lows, that they would know that there's a church in Columbus, Ohio that loves them, that cares for them, and that's only a phone call away whenever they need it. But also a church, Lord, in those high highs that will be celebrating and screaming the name of Grace Church Harrison and the name of Jesus across Cincinnati along with them. Because, God, we love them, we support them, and we're here for them. And we will champion what you're doing through this church plant um, as long as you allow us to. We love you so much, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's watch this next video. Well, hey guys, my name is Scott Ward. I'm the mission pastor at Grand Avenue Baptist Church in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Uh, so right off the bat, I want to apologize for my southern accent. Um, if we need to, I can put subtitles on this video so that you can understand me. Uh, but I wanted to come to you because we've been partnered in Columbus for many years now, uh, over uh, seven years now, and we love partnering in Columbus uh, with church plants just like the one that you're a part of uh, through Living Hope Church. I love Aaron and his family. I love Joe and his family and what they're, they're doing and the work that they're doing there uh, in their little community, their big community that you guys are working in. And, uh, and I love getting to see the updates of your church. I love getting to go up to Columbus. I just actually got to go visit your church uh, just about a month ago. And I uh, just absolutely loved getting to go there for the first time and experience a worship service with you guys. So uh, I'm so excited about what God is doing uh, in your church. 
And um, especially, man, I can't wait to see what God does through this big gift that is coming up. And I know you guys have been hearing a lot about this, uh, but I tell you, as a mission pastor, um, I'm just uh, convinced that if we'll do uh, what God has told us to do in Scripture, and that is to reach a lost and dying world, to go and make disciples of all nations. If we'll focus on those things, uh, even through our giving, uh, God will bless in incredible ways. We've seen that here at this church. I've seen it all over the country in other churches and throughout the world as well. Uh, it's when you become inclusive and you start just looking at yourself that you lose uh, the momentum uh, and you lose the mission, uh, uh, vigor, and life that a church should have. And God just doesn't bless that. And But when we give and we go and we reach out and we pray and we're a part of the mission that God's doing throughout the world, He's going to bless that. He wants to be in that. He wants to be a part of that because that's His plan. That's His heartbeat. And so being able to give to missions in this type of way is just a way to get in line with God's heartbeat and get on board with what He's already doing in the world. And so I hope that you'll consider uh, this week and in the weeks to follow even uh, what it is that you might give and give sacrificially to something that you know is worth it. Uh, our pastor here always says this phrase, a uh, hundred years from now, the only thing that's going to matter is Jesus. And so Man, when we give, when we live, we work, and we play, it ought to be for the glory of God. So guys, I hope you'll pray about what you'll give. Thanks for listening to my uh, little take on this, and uh, we appreciate you guys praying for you. I don't think there's a more fitting song to describe why we celebrate today. I want to introduce you to another friend of mine. This is literally, unexaggerated, one of my favorite people on planet Earth, my friend Josh Shortridge. So Josh, you want to make your way? Yeah, clap for the man. On, buddy. So Josh, yeah, you can use that mic. Josh works down at the Stowe Mission um, of Central Ohio. And so can you give us a snapshot? What is Stowe Mission? I know that's right. hard to do. Yeah. So do your best. Uh, we're a Swiss Army knife. We have a lot of different services. Um, pregnancy Resource Center, food pantry, community kitchen. We offer showers. We offer coats right now. We do a backpack drive. We do a... Christmas toy drive. We have an after-school program that's five days a week, a week from 3.30 to 7, um, Monday through Friday, and I'm probably forgetting three other things. So most of your weeks are pretty boring? Yeah. That's what you're getting at? Absolutely. Yeah, so Stowe Mission's incredible. One thing, let me go ahead and... What who invited that? Oh, lady? yeah, Dental and Vision. That's my mother. <laughs> <laughs> I told you there was two or three things I forgot. That was two or so, three things. We got to add this real quick. Yeah. All right. We're talking about Jesus doing great things, but I got to brag on the people of this church real quick. So you yeah. do an annual food drive. Yes. Called Bag Hunger. Yes. Just out of curiosity, what church won that food drive this year? The one right here. Oh my gosh. Check this out, people. Yeah. Look, plaque and everything. <laughs> Thank you, Pretty guys. Awesome. Seriously. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Now, I'm about to fall. Thank Don't you. do that. Hey, this has actually been kind of a tough week for Stowe Mission. Can yes. you kind of tell everybody what happened? And uh, Yeah, so we got broken into. Uh, we had our warehouse uh, broken into. Uh, toys and diapers were stolen. Super fun. I've been there, whether volunteer-wise or just like being there for about nine years. I know two times, this being the second that we've gotten stolen from. Yeah. Um, one time was a snatch and grab job, but this was a well- 
organized, planned thing. Yeah. Um, but man, God is so good because a lot of people have heard about us. We got on the news. We've been able to connect with more people uh, than we ever have in a short amount of time. So uh, in the weirdest way possible, I'm thankful that it happened because also um, individuals who have been helped yeah. uh, that I still keep in contact with from Toy Drive texting me, calling me, crying and saying like, how could they do this? That you're like, you guys helped us out. And they're now in turn like giving yeah. from, you know, so like people that we have helped are now coming out in support to help give for other children. Awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, church family, through our big give offering, part of that is going to go to support the Stowe Mission and uh, support what they're doing down there, which is incredible. But I want to encourage you, um, after our service today, Josh has a small table set up right in our main hallway here. Um, go over there, grab his card, get his information, and as time permits, actually make time for it. Serve at the Stowe Mission if you can. Yeah. Um, it opens up your worldview to things that are literally in our backyard and just reminds us um, of the mission that Jesus has called us to. So anything yeah. you want to add? So my card's out there. It has my phone number on it. Call me, and I will show you personally the mission. You can ask me any question whatsoever. I would love to get you down there. We'll make time, whatever that looks like. I would love to show you everything that we do. Because when I say what we do, it seems like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's what you do. And I want to show you. I want you to get down there, see where God's taken us, where we're headed. And I would love for that opportunity. Awesome. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for my friend Josh. I, I love his heart, Lord. He always tells me about being a portable temple. And everywhere we go, we take Jesus with us. So if people are near to us, they're not far from God. And God, I pray that we would be reminded of that reality this morning. Lord, we pray, Lord, for the individuals that broke into the Stowe Mission this week. Lord, would you bring conviction upon them? But God, we also are so thankful of how the community in the city of Columbus has rallied around them. And Lord, they're replacing these items so that, that children and families can still have a, a wonderful Christmas so God, I pray that you would just continue to bless the work of Stowe Mission. We are so thankful for what they do to reach people who are far from God. And Lord, continue to use them in a powerful way. We love you so much, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Thanks, man. It's July 13th, 1813. Adoniram Judson and his wife Anne have just arrived into the port of Burma's capital, Yangon, now known as Myanmar. If you're familiar with Judson's story, you know that he would later be regarded as one of the founders of modern Baptist missions. Gifted in languages, he translated the entire Bible, and then for 38 years, through imprisonment, torture, illness, deep depression, isolation from family and friends, and the loss of two wives and numerous children, he suffered to bring the gospel to the unreached peoples of Myanmar. And then on Friday afternoon, April 12, 1850, Adoniram Judson died at sea away from all his family and Burmese church. When he died, people wondered, who would follow? So I was moved to the small tent outside the hospital. And in, in my sleep, I have a dream. Oh, it is a terrible dream. So in my dream, I heard a call. I was fall in the well, and he pulled me out from the well. Ah, at the time I woke up, my fever dropped. So I become better and better. So I know that, ah, God gave me life to do something for Him. People don't know Jesus. So I have to try. Evangelism is not an easy job. We were detained in 2006. 
because we evangelize in that area. We are arrested, let's say, one and a half month in the jail. Yeah, oh, very hard labor. But anyway, when we were in the jail, we can evangelize to the what do you call, prisoners like that. Two, one lady and one man become believers in the jail. I can speak uh, five or six languages. It is also a gift from God, I think. In ethnic groups, very few material for them to read. I don't want to waste my ability like that. I want to help the people. So many, many people uh, come to know Jesus. Now more than 1,000 in that area. So do you see yourself like Judson? I would like to be. <laughs> I would like to be uh, like him. So I try, I try. The gospel is powerful. Nobody can stop the gospel. So in answer to the question, who would follow Jetson, we just met one. I think one of the things that is so amazing to me is if you're part of a Southern Baptist church, which you're part of Living Hope, you are, is that because of what they call the cooperative program, we have over 3,600 missionaries all over planet Earth right now ministering in some of the most dangerous places, doing international work. And as we give, that has continued to be further. We're one of the only denominations on planet Earth that our missionaries head to the mission field 100% funded for the work that they go to do. They don't have to worry about raising money because churches all around the United States partner together to send them. But when we think international missions, sometimes we think over there and we miss the reality of over here. And I want to introduce you. Many of you know our friend Patris. Patris, if you want to join us up here. Patris works for a ministry called 1040 Global. Um, we've partnered with 1040 Global these past couple years. You can grab that mic right there. And uh, love what they do, love what they do in the city of Columbus. But Patris, can you give us kind of a general overview? Some people are new. Some people have never met you. What does 1040 Global do? Why do you do it? So 1040 Global basically a unique ministry that, uh, that are reaching to the unengaged, unreached people groups that God is bringing here to the Columbus and I would say uh, to the United States. So basically our vision is uh, to reach the immigrants, refugees, and international students, those God is bringing from the Middle East, Central, and South Asian countries, uh, places where the gospel is restricted, there is no freedom of religion and freedom of speech, and God is moving all these people from those areas and, uh, and bringing it here. Like, for example, recently the incident that has happened like three months ago, the Afghans have uh, been scattered all over the world, and especially here now at this point, over 120,000 Afghans have come. I was at Virginia a week ago uh, at Fort Pickett Air Base where over 7,500 Afghan refugees are there. And my, I always uh, talk about my wife because she's a wonderful uh, person who catches fish, and I fry the fish, you know. So when we got uh, back here uh, three days ago, actually she met, uh, uh, while doing the grocery, she uh, introduced herself to Afghan family. They were just there. That was divine appointment from the Lord. When is they invited us to have a dinner, you know. And yesterday they were at our house, and we were sharing the gospel. So we, once a month we have a global fellowship, so we invite Muslim people to our home, and we share the gospel to them. We build bridges and relationships through that. You know. So that's what the 1040 Global Ministry is doing. 
So if you've ever been able to participate in anything 1040 Global does, it'll blow your mind. I've seen Patris stale, stare down um, imams, um, pr different priests from other religions, and just basically just come in with the gospel and say, look, I understand what you're saying, and that's okay, but let me explain the truth to you of who Jesus is and why that matters. And so I like to call him a modern-day the Apostle Paul um, because he'll, he's just fearless in taking the gospel. And you, you get his wife like going with the gospel, he's, he doesn't stand a chance. I mean, she is just, she is amazing. And so share with us real quick, Patris, if people in Living Hope want to get involved in what 1040 is doing, what would that look like and how can they? So we are always looking for partners and we are so much grateful for the Living Hope Church here, Pastor Aaron, Pastor Joe, you know, you are great blessed and the leadership, you know, you are all wonderful uh, partners uh, in this mission and I every time we reach to people we are reaching to them because of your support because of your love and I would encourage you we need lots of people here and especially with the Afghans yesterday when they were at our house you know they were literally crying you know they they came just uh, with their clothes on their <clears throat> on their bodies that was they had they left their loved ones and they are separated every person you meet with Afghan uh, they are they have a story you know uh, for us, we just praise God because many of you know that my wife and I, we were missionaries in Afghanistan. We served there. We have planted the underground house church there. And now we never thought like over many years, like maybe over 50, like almost 15 years now, God just brought us here for such a time as this for a reason and purpose. And God displays those people, you know, and they have seen the face of Taliban and they're receptive to the gospel. And a guy yesterday was asking for the Bible. Can I have this Bible, you know? And, and we are praying now we need to have some more Bibles, you know, uh, and we need lots of people who can help them. I know uh, Aaron would be there helping us, you know, uh, or introducing to some people who can provide food, provide, you know, clothing. They do not have. Uh, it's winter is right there, you know, and it's, uh, there are lots of needs, you know. And we would say what people need at this time, not only just uh, the smile and fellowship and love and all that. Of course, gospel is there. We need to present that. But this is their need at this time. They need people because they lost everything there, and they are here, um, and we need to, as a people of God, followers of Christ, we need to come alongside to help them, support them, and encourage them. And see, we, I, I would encourage you here taking this opportunity, as uh, Brother Aaron is sharing. Uh, we are here. Uh, if you can partner with us, you know, uh, and I would encourage you. We have these partnership cards here. We have a table here. Please come. Give us your emails and all. We will send you the updates, you know, and also the needs, you know. There's people are here. Um, maybe you can come alongside and help us. We, especially the women, they are looking for ESL classes, you know. Um, they are looking for um, some other resources that we can help them, you know. And I think we all can partner together to reach out these unengaged, unreached people groups for such a time as this. Amen. So after church, Patrice's table will be right outside this door on your way out. Be sure to stop by there, give him your email address, get his updates, and see how you can plug into 1040 Global. Let me pray for you, buddy. Father, thank you so much for Patris and for Naomi, for their family, for their influence, for their ministry, for the calling that you have on their life. God, I thank you for people that are willing to leave their, their home countries and to step into the unknown, God, because more people need to know about Jesus. And so, Father, I pray that this next year would be just an incredible year for them. God, would you give us the courage, Lord, and to step into the uncomfortable situations with them because people need to know about Jesus. And God, I pray that you would do that in each one of our hearts this year. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, hello, Living Hope Church Columbus. 
My name is Jason Walters. I'm the discipleship and missions pastor at your sending church, Living Hope Church in Marysville. And it is so exciting for me to just speak for a minute to encourage you during this big give to give sacrificially, to give generously, and to give joyfully. It's been so exciting for me to watch over the last few years how God is working so greatly in your midst, and not just in the people of Living Hope Church, but through the people of Living Hope Church. And so much of that takes place because of the big give. And what you give to the big give, 100% of that's going to go back out the door to support missions and outreach. And you guys are doing that so well. It's been so exciting to see how you guys are using the Finding Hope Center in, uh, in order to engage the people, the local community, to engage people and to meet them where they are. And to really meet these really physical and practical needs that they have. You are fulfilling those things and scripture tells us that we should do that. And that's awesome. But what I find most exciting, what I get most pumped up about is the fact that people are not only having their physical needs met, but they're getting their spiritual needs met as well. And you guys are making the name of Jesus known. And you're making it known to people who have never heard it before. And as you guys come to this big gift, it's not just about meeting these practical needs and helping people with things that they have going on in their lives, but it's making the name of Jesus known because people are finding hope and they're finding salvation and their eternities are being changed because they're hearing the name, the only name that can save, the name of Jesus Christ. And as you guys come to your big give, I, I'm going to take a line from your pastor. Pastor Aaron always says this, give until it hurts. And that can be scary. I, I know it can be. And, but that's something we tell our people here during our big give as well. And God's been so, so gracious. Over the last two years, we've had, in the midst of COVID and everything else, we've had our two biggest big gift Sundays ever. And we just hit over 60,000 this year, which means we can continue to support what you're doing more. And which means we can pour into what you're doing and the missions that you're taking place and the ministry you have even more. But we need you to do the same as well. Give until it hurts. You know, we sing a song here at Living Hope Church here in Marysville anyway. It's yet not I, but through Christ in me. Anything that we give today is, is not us, but it's through Christ in us. And the very first line of that song says, what a gift we have in Jesus. Heaven has nothing more to give. We need to be like Christ. We need to uh, follow his example and we need to give sacrificially. We can never give the way that he did, but we can give in an incredibly generous and sacrificial way. And that's my challenge to you today. Give, and give until it hurts to the big give. Make sure that you are taking uh, your time in prayer to talk about what is it that God is going to have you give to this big give so that you can continue to make the name of Jesus known. I'm excited to see how big give goes, how it ends up, and no matter what, I'm excited to see how you guys continue to make the name of Jesus known. Don't worry, we're only going to make you get up one more time, all right? Hey, I want to introduce you to two more friends of mine. Some of you know these guys. They're huge sources of encouragement to me. Um, this is Chad Grigsby and Jason Phillips, and they serve with Send Columbus. So think Send Network, which we talk about, which is the church planting arm of our denomination. They serve our city locally as our church planting catalyst and strategist. And you say, well, what do those titles mean? They don't even know, all right? They just help identify, mobilize, and equip church planters. And so I think you guys had some trivia stuff you wanted to do. Yeah, with we have a question, Aaron. You introduced uh, Josh as your 
one of your favorite people on the planet. Why didn't you introduce us that way? So once you get past like number 10 on my list, you just get introduced normal. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. You guys are easily like not eight and nine or something. Yeah. I got you. Sure. Yeah, I whatever. I got you. Yeah, so we got some questions just to help you guys get to know our city and the need a little bit. Uh, so we'll ask questions and then you can just, we have got some giveaways up here. So you can just shout out wow. the answer and whoever we think was the first person will get a, either a mug or a water bottle or something like that. All right. So in Columbus, there's one Southern Baptist church for every 5,346 people, 7,754 people, 10,328 people, or D, 15,555 people. Okay, who said D? Oh, there you go. Yeah, All right, that's correct. Come All right, come God. forward, claim your prize. So yeah, there's one church for every wow. 15,555 people. And honestly, we just got the census stuff back um, a couple months ago, and we added another 115,000 people over the last 10 years. That number is probably honestly higher than that. Um, and so there's obviously a huge need for uh, churches in our city. The next question is, how many different languages are spoken in Columbus? A, 78, B, 106, C, 139, or D, 200? C, who said it? All right, come up and claim your prize. So, uh, yeah, there's 136 languages spoken in our city, and right now we have all of three uh, uh, ESL churches in our network. And so there's obviously a huge need uh, for different language-speaking churches in our city, and so that's one thing that we've been uh, praying a lot about and praying toward is um, reaching those communities. All right. Uh, three, Send Columbus has planted how many churches in the last five years? Is it A, 21, B, 11, C, 19, or D, 13? A. a. Who said, Josh, you don't, you don't get it. Who else said A? Who, there you go. You got it. It's yours. So yeah, we have planted 21 churches through Send Columbus in the last uh, five years, Living Hope being one of those churches. And honestly, and we have about, what, six Six percent potential church plants right now that we can take through our assessment uh, in April. And so there's going to be six more churches around Columbus here in the next couple months. And then our last question is, Send Columbus has how many churches, church plants inside 270? So inside the 270 loop. Is it A4, B10, C12, or D15? Who said A? I heard it. Somebody. Somebody said A. Just... Who got it, John? All right, no, it's like, I think, water bottle. yeah. So there's only four church plants in our city through the SBC that are inside the 270 loop. It's uh, Salt and Light, Stay Watermark high. Church, Grace Point, and Capitol. Two of those are at Ohio State, and so there's obviously a humongous need for church plants within our city. Uh, some of the neighborhoods we're praying towards are Beechwood, Clintonville, Franklinton, Eastmore, Grandview, Hilltop, the Linden area, Northland, Obetz. Upper Arlington, Whitehall, and Valley View. And so there's just a huge need for neighborhoods within the 270 loop uh, to be reached with the gospel. Well, there you go. Do you have any questions? I don't. You don't at all. <laughs> but seriously, guys, if you want any information about, obviously, we are a church plant. Myself and Pastor Joe work with Send Network to equip and mobilize church planters. Um, we would love to answer those. Talk to Chad and Jason. I can connect you guys with these, we have tons of resources as far as training, identifying, equipping, so many options available to get us connected to church plants and get us church planting in Columbus. Can I just say how appreciative we are of you and your church and loaning us Aaron and, and Joe. They serve in multiple ways in our city. 
uh, Aaron heads up residencies for our city. We have three residents in our current church planning residency because of his work. And Joe works with uh, worship leaders in the city. So we couldn't be more thankful for your church and for your pastors. Appreciate that. Let me pray for you guys. Father, thanks for Chad and Jason for their leadership. God, for their vision and heart to see Columbus reached with the gospel. God, I pray for those church plants that we need inside of the 270 belt, Lord, that you would raise up those planters. Lord, they're already in our churches. So, Father, would you help our churches to identify, to equip, and to mobilize those leaders to start those churches so more people can be reached with the gospel. God, I thank you again so much for these two men, for what they mean to me, what they mean to so many planters across our city, and what they mean to our city as a whole. We love you so much, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. When disaster strikes, whether it's the surge of floodwaters from a hurricane on the Gulf Coast or a typhoon in Southeast Asia, or the lack of water on drought-parched farms in Africa or South America, Southern Baptists, with the help of Sin Relief, are ready to respond with help and hope. But not every crisis is a natural disaster. Around the world, people are struggling walking miles for the basic necessities they need to keep their families alive, or starving for nutrients because even in their city of plenty, they're feeling alone and abandoned in a food desert. To respond to people in need, Sin Relief has ministry centers like this one in Clarkston, Georgia, in Metro Atlanta, and in cities across the U.S. But by working with our partners around the world to provide physical needs and share the everlasting hope of Jesus Christ, Southern Baptists through Sin Relief had the amazing opportunity to help people everywhere, not only survive, but thrive. Join Sin Relief to make this happen by participating in our mission trips, compassion events, and trainings, and through prayer and financial support. The needs are everywhere, and together we can meet needs and change lives for people on the other side of the world and right down the street. Together, as Southern Baptists, we can be an unstoppable force of hope. Together, we are Sin Relief. I'm gonna share with you a cool announcement. We've vaguely mentioned this, but we're gonna officially share it this morning. So back in August, we thought we were gonna to have to close the Finding Hope Center. Um, we had almost run out of money. Um, we didn't know how we were gonna proceed with it. We had about three weeks to make some kind of tough decisions. and. Um, but we just started praying, and it's amazing how when you pray that Jesus does Ephesians 3.20 exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. Remember, we received a $20,000 grant from Send Relief to further the mission of the Finding Hope Center, which was awesome and incredible, and we're so thankful. But just a couple weeks after that, we received a phone call from one of the regional coordinators from Send Relief, and they asked us what we were doing with our Finding Hope Center, how long we had been doing it. One year is all that that thing's been around. And they, they called back and they said, we have a proposition for you. We would like for you to consider becoming a Send Relief Extension site in North America, which essentially means that they'll come alongside us with some finances, um, some marketing, and some resources so that we can take the story of Send, the Finding Hope Center and tell it on a national level so that churches all around North America can hear what God is doing through our ministry center so that they can then take this model and duplicate it around North America. Here's what's cool. We're the first one that they've ever done in North America. They've never done this before. And so they're, they're in the paperwork processes, some of the legal stuff that they have to do on their end. Then we have to meet with some trustees 
um, that are over top of Send Relief. And so in the next few months, we'll be giving you more details on what that will look like. Um, but it's amazing how in just a matter of months, Jesus said, no, 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 what's going on through the ministry center is not done yet. In fact, it's going to be expanded more and more. And what I want to do in this next few moments is I want to honor some people from the community um, that have been pivotal in making the Finding Hope Center happen. And so I'm going to ask my friend uh, Heather to join me up here, my friend Larry, my friend Monica, and my friend Kathy. Some of you know these, these folks. Maybe you've met them um, in passing through serving with us in, in some regard. You guys can come up here, yeah. You know, I was thinking back this week on how we met each one of these individuals. Heather serves as the executive director of the Welcome Warehouse, which we champion so much around here at Living Hope. And she's been such a good friend to us in our ministry center. Um, Kathy, I was trying to figure out when we even met. I don't even know. Um, but Kathy, what's so wonderful about her is the last few months, she has just been a, an absolute gem for the ministry center. She'll text me at 10 o'clock and I'll be there in 30 minutes. I've got an SUV full of stuff for your ministry center. And she just, she knows everybody, it seems like, and is so resourced. Um, Larry, we met Larry when we were looking at our very first church building, actually just around the corner here. And I told Joe, I said, I think the first time Larry met us, he wasn't sure if we were legit or not. <laughs> and now Larry has become one of the greatest advocates for this church and for our ministry center. And he, he champions what we do across the city of Powell. And Monica, we got to meet Monica because we were doing deliveries for our fin the Finding Hope Center. We didn't have enough mattresses. So we got on Google and we just searched mattress store near me. And she runs and operates mattress by appointment in Powell and uh, heard about what we were doing. And she sells everything to us at her cost so we can keep our prices really low. And she also, because of her, we get so many referrals of donations because when people buy a mattress from her, she tells them, you need to give your old one to the Finding Hope Center. It matters what they're doing. And so these four people, along with Jill, who couldn't be with us today from Dublin Bridges, uh, if, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. And so we're so thankful for you guys. This is not much, but just a little gift um, from us for you. And church family, just so you know, and we have one for Jill. I'll get that to her. Um, but what this is, and I thought this was perfect, is the top photo in this frame is the Finding Hope Center when it was concrete floors and dirty walls. And this bottom photo is us giving a tour to pastors from around the nation last month. Um, that happens not just because of what we do, but because people in our community believe in us. And so we love you guys. We are so thankful for each one of you. And thank you for believing in what we do. Um, now, I know Kathy and Monica, I promised I wasn't going to make you two speak. And so I'm not going to do that. But you two, I think you were going to share. <laughs> I won't do that to you guys. You were going to share a little bit about Welcome Warehouse for us. And then Larry, a little bit about Powell Sertoma. And so if you ladies, you guys can, I won't make you stay up here any longer. I won't make you any longer. Than well, actually, Larry, I'll let you go and then we can... Let's not, try not to trip Heather if we can. I met Joe and Aaron, and they were looking to start a church. And I thought, okay. We looked around, and for one reason or another, they found a place. Oh, they don't want a church. You got a band. We don't want a band. All that. And then one day, I was looking through stuff, and I said, well, this would be a neat place for them. It's close to my office, number one. Mm -hmm. But number two, it did exactly what they wanted. So here they are today, and I'm very Excuse me, I'm very proud to be friends with these two guys. And a lot of you probably don't remember the 
cartoon Mighty Mouse, but I do as a kid. And, and the song starts out, here I come to save the day. This is this guy. So I'm proud to know him, proud to know both of them. They've done a great job. Pal Sertoma's been around. It's a service organization. We help people. We try to find good people who need help, and we help them all they can. They've helped us one time. And so we have, it was a big give. I said, well, for the big give, we'll get the big check. So we have a big check. Aaron's seen it before. Oh, that's cool. But we give that out, and I have a real check for that. Okay. I was wondering, is this one cash? Or? <laughs> I want to see you cash that. But. Anyway, I mean, it, all the things he does, the outreach that he does is incredible. So thank you for being our friend. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. We won't make you stay up here if you want to okay. go hang out I'm with Patty. Get out of here. All right. <laughs> So I'm Heather with uh, Welcome Warehouse, and today is our last day of being Welcome Warehouse because as of tomorrow, we are, are rebranding, and our new name is One Dublin. Awesome. Um, we are changing our name because we are restricted to the Dublin City School District, which includes parts of uh, Columbus, Dublin, and uh, Delaware and Powell. Those are kind of the areas that we serve. Um, so One Dublin, our vision statement is that we're inspired through God's love to share hope and help with one another mm -hmm. in times of need. Yeah. So I wanted to share with you our narrative. It's a story about what we do. And because we're changing and we're creating new messaging and so forth, I'm just gonna read it to you if you can bear with me for a minute. So especially for people who may be listening, um, the amazing schools, beautiful neighborhoods and diverse population make Dublin a great place to live but it's the kind, generous, and tight-knit community that makes it one of the best places to call home. Even still, we aren't immune to the challenges facing our society today. At any moment, we might experience a sudden job loss, a health crisis, or an unplanned disruption to our everyday lives that may leave us temporarily in need of help. From making sure our kids have what they need to keeping a small crisis from becoming a big one. That's where our amazing community comes in. Being one Dublin means we'll never let our neighbors struggle alone. Our job is simple, to help one another in times of need. With the help of the community, we can ensure our most basic needs are met with compassion and dignity. And together, we will create a better, more hopeful future. Dublin can only thrive when every family has what they need to succeed. Thankfully, when you're part of a community that cares as much as ours does, help is just next door. That's what we stand for. And we're so proud to partner with the Finding Hope Center and with Aaron and Jenny and Joe for all of their help and support. We, we refer families to the Finding Hope Center and we help provide some of the mattresses and bedding and so forth um, for that. And then you guys help with the delivery and, and meet with the families to see what their needs are. We work very closely with the Dublin Bridges as well. Mm -hmm. um, we tend to lean towards the mattress side and they help more with the furniture side. Um, but we all work together as one, and I do have, to, I wanted to share a quick story. Um, just a couple weeks ago, um, most of the families are sent to us, referred to us from school counselors, other clergy, or other social service organizations. I would say 95% come from the schools. And I received a phone call from one of the schools that said an interpreter had gone to a family's house for some reason, and when they got there, they had two folding chairs. That's all they had. 
and you wouldn't think that that's the case in Dublin, or Dublin City Schools, which is beyond Dublin, um, but we've served 3,000 people last year. So there is a huge need. And so um, Living Hope Church and the Finding Hope Center are really helping these people. Yeah. We, will, we were able to give them mattresses and mm -hmm. furniture to help them get started here in, in the area. Yeah. I also wanted to mention real quick that I just got numbers from the Afghan refugees. I just got these last week. 855 Afghans are coming to Ohio. Wow. 345 are coming to Columbus. We don't know how many are coming to the um, northern, northwest part of Columbus, but we do know that housing is their number one need right now. Once they can secure housing, it's going to be furniture and mattresses. That's what they're gonna need. They're trying to get them in furnished apartments if possible, but once they go through that lease, they're eventually it's going to trickle down. So you can see there's going to be a great need, and I've been told by the school district, we already have families living in extended stay hotels until they can um, secure them a place to live. Yeah. So. Well, we'll be ready. And so when they arrive, we're gonna be ready with furniture, and Patrish, you and you guys need to talk before you leave today, all right? So Heather, we appreciate you Thank so much. You Thank so, you all so, so much. Have our, our praise team come up as they're coming. Let me tell you a quick story. Heather mentioned that family with two folding chairs. And so we were able to take them mattresses and couches and kitchen table and furnish the whole apartment. It was awesome. But there was something better with it. The family before was uh, an Indian family that we got to spend some time with and take some beds to. And as we were leaving that apartment, the dad comes around, so, around the side of the apartment and he comes out with literally this gigantic electric Jeep. I mean, the thing was huge, about this big around. I mean, it's just a monster. He's like, do you want this? And I was like, me, personally? Yes. <laughs> but I don't think they're going to let me have it. I said, but I jokingly, I said, does it work? And he said, yes, there's nothing wrong with it. My kids have outgrown it. I said, yeah, let's just throw it on the trailer. We'll figure it out. We'll find some kid that wants it. Here's what was so cool. We got to that next house with that family with the two folding chairs, and they had a little six-year-old boy. And we got to unload all of his stuff. And I said, hey, buddy, come out to the trailer. I want to show you something. And he comes walking out to the trailer, and we've got this just beautiful electric Jeep out there. And I said, do you want that? He didn't even speak much English, but he knew the word yes. <laughs> and that sweet little boy jumped right in that thing. He knew how to turn it on. He cruised it right down the, the bank of that uh, trailer. We got it up into the grass, and he pulled it right up to the front door. And he starts hollering for mom and dad, mom and dad. And he said in, in Spanish, I ended up finding out, he was trying to pull it through the front door into the living room. <laughs> because he didn't want to part ways with it. You know, that's the kind of cool stuff that happens. You know, it's beyond just mattresses and furniture, but God has allowed us to have so many friendships in the community that we get to go above and beyond Ephesians 3.20 and bless people. I love that. I have our Pittsburgh mission team, if they're still in here, if they will join me. So earlier this summer, we sent a group of uh, five, five or six out to Pittsburgh to go and minister with their Send Relief Center out there and work among them. And uh, when they came back, we kept saying, like, hey, we need to do a mission report, a mission report, mission report. And uh, we hadn't done that, and so we invited them today to close out our big give. I told each one of them that they have 30 seconds or less. Um, I'm going to hold you all to it. 30 seconds or less just to share with us very briefly something that the Lord taught them as they worked in Pittsburgh. It was our first domestic mission team ever that we've sent out of our church, which is super special. And so we can use this mic. 
Um, whoops, sorry. We'd like to, Megan, you were the leader, so. Okay. You got 30 seconds. Okay, and. Go. Okay, so, <laughs> honestly, it was my first fitness and trip, and I got to actually lead, and just the whole trip was saturated in prayer. It was amazing, mm. and we got to see the Lord move in amazing ways, but one example was my friend Carla. She actually is, um, she just moved here from Mexico a few years ago, and um, I think she was just a little nervous before we had got to go, and we prayed the whole time before, like a few weeks before, and the week of, and um, just the Lord blessed us in many ways, like the mission, or the church plan we were partnered with, they had an intern there that was um, bilingual, yeah. and they just offered so many ways um, for her to be just... Um, honored in yeah. uh, not being able to speak English, and it was just so beautiful. And we got to help out at homeless camps. Sorry, I'm, I'm over. Yeah, you've doubled your time, Megan. I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Okay, Super proud of you. Super proud of you. John, you've only got 15 seconds because Megan... Really? Like, you know I'm long-winded. You can't do this to me, but... Um, the biggest thing that kind of reinforced me is there's no substitute for being in a community of believers, and there's no substitute for a personal relationship with Jesus. Amen. And you can, doing all that mission work is, is great, it's like, but you have to keep that, and spending that time in prayer, and spending that uh, time in the Word, like, you have to do that first before you can start and go out to the world. That's and good. You need to go out and, and actually do it. That's good. Awesome. <laughs> I think the biggest thing for me is, uh, you know, we were able to work with the Send Relief Center down there, and um, some plans got changed around, and there was a day where we ended up just, like, cleaning up the Send Relief Center, and for me, I really appreciated that, because, like, they're people who go out and help people, and they needed help in their own facility just to be able to, like, function. Like, we were cleaning up some rooms that, like, were really disorganized, and it, they were just so thankful that we were able to do that for them to make their daily, you know, ministry easier as well. Awesome. Thanks, Kit Kat. You got it? <laughs> I try. <laughs> um, abundance of grace has been poured out on us. We cannot remain silent. We must share that grace. If you have the willingness to serve, do so you will be surprised because the greatest blessing you will take when experiencing the power and word of God. Amen. Awesome. 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 Super proud of you guys. Thank you for leading out the charge in domestic missions for our church and taking that first step for the rest of us. So, friends, I'm going to pray to close us out. We're done. This has been a lot today. It's been drinking from a fire hose, but I hope you've been encouraged and I uh, hope you leave here excited about the future. Jesus, what a day. Father, thanks for what you're inviting us to be a part of. God, I pray we never get over meeting Jesus because if it wasn't for Jesus, we would be hopeless sinners, but because of Jesus, we can repent of our sin and have an eternal home in heaven with you. There's nothing better. Go before us. We're sent as missionaries. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you need an Operation Christmas child, grab it on your way out the door. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Sunday.